Hello, everyone, and welcome to Unexpected Points. I am your host, Kevin Cole. You can follow me on Twitter at Kevin Cole um, I am going to talk today about the Deshaun Watson negotiated settlement. The understanding is that it is not final, final at this point, but sounds like it's about as finalized as it possibly could be. And this has been a strange one. I mean, we've been following this, obviously, not only on this podcast, but across the NFL universe for a while now, all the different implications that could possibly happen. This exact scenario, an 11-game suspension and a $5 million fine, was one that I, at least, did not foresee. Not that I didn't foresee a settlement over a certain period of time uh, during that during that uh, during the season, but I did not foresee a settlement that would go exactly 11 games. 11 games is going to be aligned with a week 13 return for Deshaun Watson, which places it exactly the date that he'll be facing the Houston Texans in Houston. That supposedly, it had been reported on, was a very important date that the NFL did not want Deshaun Watson to play, and for obvious reasons. I mean, his return, no matter when it's going to be, is going to be highly scrutinized. It's going to be highly talked about. It's going to be the biggest story in the NFL that week. You combine that with coming back to Houston, and now that's going to be the discussion of protests, I think, are very likely. This is obviously the area where most, if not all, of the women who were affected by this um, are currently, where Tony Busby is, the attorney of the women who were suing Deshaun Watson. There's going to be something here. There's going to be a lot to deal with there. And I don't think people are going to be satisfied necessarily with anything less than a year suspension on this. And it will seem as, you know, not a slap on the wrist, six-game suspension style, but $5 million and 11-game suspension for someone who is now going to continue on the rest of their career. who signed, again, the $230 million all fully guaranteed contract. All of that is still in place going forward. And it's something to consider when thinking about whether or not people are going to be really satisfied with what happens in this contract. But we got to talk about the practical implications of what this means for mostly for the Browns franchise, but the landscape across the AFC and the AFC North specifically here. So let's first take a look at Watson's contract to get an idea of exactly what this is going to mean here. So I'm looking at Overthecap.com, Jason Fitzgerald, friend of the pod, runs Overthecap.com. Again, I'll, I'll give my uh, OTC plug here, as I always do. I say check out OTC instead of uh, track always. And we dig into some of the numbers here. So what would have happened if Watson was suspended for the entire season? The numbers that you'll see when you look up his contract the 2022 season, all of it would have been pushed forward. 
over every season, it would have been pushed forward to a subsequent season. So we would have seen 2022, then becomes 2023, 2023 becomes 2024, and so on. And the contract wouldn't be over until after the 2027 season if he was suspended for the entire season. Now what happens is he loses 11 of the 17 game checks, the base salary there. And again, the base salary being only $1 million, a little bit over $1 million this this year. Um, but there's an additional fine as part of this that wouldn't have been part of the settlement before. But from the Browns' perspective, this is really in between here because if you look at the cap numbers that we're talking about, so it's a $9 million cap number this season, which pump, which uh, bumps up to 54, basically 55 million in all the subsequent seasons. So the Browns are, are still going to have that $55 million cap number next year and the year after that and the year after that. This was the one year, the way that they had structured his contract, at least, that they could truly compete at a very discounted number, less than 10 million here. So if he would have had a six game suspension, it would have had a really good window there for continuing on and being able to compete on a lesser number for him. With an 11 game suspension, it's going to be more about exactly how well they perform there. And if they don't make the playoffs this season, now you're bumping up to 54 million next year. A lot of the cap benefit of signing this new deal and lowering that lower salary or from the perspective of the team is now going to be lost. Whereas again, if he would have been suspended for the entire year, most cap benefit would have been pushed into the future. And then 2023, you could have come back and had the uh, $9 million, $9.3 million cap hit in 2023 and been competing very well that, that year. And I think it's important for the Browns in particular, because if we look at their, cap liabilities this year you have a lot of lower cap numbers this year which are going to bump up quite a bit in the future if you look at miles garrett it's still at under 13 million is cap number this season uh other contracts that were signed uh joel betonio is only at 6.6 million uh if you look at nick chubb 5.2 million that's a contract that's going to bump up quite a bit in the future Denzel Ward just re-signed that contract, $5 million cap hit for him. Amari Cooper, they redid his deal, under $5 million for him. Wyatt Teller, another contract that they signed in the offseason, $4.4 million. So again, you go through all of these different contracts, and some of these contracts have voidable years on the end of them. All these different contracts were really structured to compete in an intense way this season. In 2022, but also someone in 2023. And if you skip forward to 2023 for the Browns and some of these contracts, I mean, Miles Garrett, again, let's, let's just imagine what's going to happen with two different contracts for the Browns next season. Now that we know Watson is going to play this season, he's going to be, he's going to go from a $10 million cap hit this year to a $54 million cap hit next year for Watson without it being restructured. Miles Garrett is going to be, again, this season for Garrett. It's only 13 million. Next season for Garrett, it jumps up to 29 million there. Big, big numbers. Petonio is going from, what was it, 5, 6 million to 15 million. John Johnson was under 10 million. Now it'll be up to 13.5 million. Nick Chubb was 6, 7 million. Now he's up to 14 something million. Denzel Ward goes from 5 something million up to 
12 million. Amari Cooper goes from 5 million up to 23 million. There's going to be a huge, huge increase next year. And that's why it's going to be critically important, I think, for the Browns that, in a way, if they can play really well these first 11 games of the season, if Jacoby Brissett, assuming that it ends up being Brissett there, they can end up winning, let's say, six, seven, eight games is probably stretching it quite a bit, but let's say six, seven games here and put themselves in a position to make the playoffs. This is going to be the strongest roster that they're going to have. This 2022 roster with the cap structured the way it is, it's only going to get tougher and tougher in the future for them to win. So there is a realistic chance that the Browns could be competing deep into the playoffs this year. Maybe they're not going to have a buy or something like that, but they have a good chance of being a great collection of talent during those last six games that Watson ends up playing and if they do get into the playoffs. So quickly, let's talk about what's their chance of getting into the playoffs now that we know that Watson's going to be out for the 11 games and and we have a realistic idea of what that means for uh, Jacoby Perfett being there. So I'm going to go back to some numbers that that I have put together in the past about basically I have some team strength numbers where there's a number on here which basically calculates the team's strength on a neutral field against an average opponent. How many points would you expect that they would win by? The Browns really weren't part of this calculation because we didn't have a lot of uh, numbers on this, but this is all based upon what we're seeing in the market, based upon the look-ahead lines the week one lines and then the look ahead lines in the betting market, what we would expect. So Buffalo would be expected to be six points better than an average team on a neutral field, Kansas C five points, and so on, going down here. But let's look at what we know about the spreads that we saw weeks one through six when those numbers were out. Um, and then we're going to also calculate what we think the point spreads will be for the remaining week seven through the remaining games, I should say. So week seven through 12, but that doesn't that includes a bye week there. The remaining games there to figure out what can we expect from the Browns going into uh, Watson coming back. So if you look at their opponents here for these first 11 games, okay, the first 11 games of the season here. They're going to play the Carolina Panthers in week one. We already know that that point spread is going to be about the Browns favored by a point, roughly, which puts them, and I'm calculating out the win probability for each time, so it puts them at about a 51.3% win probability for that game. And if we do this, we just do this across all of these different 11 games. So they're going to be at home against the Jets. They'll be six and a half point favorites, roughly, even with percent there. Uh, they'll be at home against the Steelers, about four-point favorites there, and so on. We go through. You notice the first six games, these games that Watson was scheduled to miss initially, they're going to be favorites in five out of the six games, even with Jacoby Brissett there. They're going to be favorites in these games. Only playing at home against the Chargers in the fifth game of the season is the only game that they're going to be underdogs. Now, the schedule does get a bit tougher going on beyond that we have uh the ravens are going to be at the ravens i am interpolating based on the numbers it'll be about a five point underdog in that game we're gonna be home against cincinnati i'm not sure if it'll be 1.2 points but i think it'll be less than the three point number then they're going to be at miami i'm thinking it'll be a two and a half point underdog at buffalo this is going to be a rough one uh they're going to be eight point underdog probably 
even with a strong team around the set. And then at home against Tampa Bay, three and a half point underdog. Right, these are my estimates of what will end up happening. These numbers may already be up in some sports books if you want to check on the look ahead line for, for these. So all in all, if you just simply add up all the different win probabilities for these different games, you can get an expected win number. And for, for, my, for my numbers, what I'm looking at, it looks like expected wins after 11 games is about 5.3 wins is what I'm calculating for the Browns. So almost exactly half of the 11 games. And that puts in a realistic, a very realistic chance they'll have six or seven wins after this. And if they can do that, that would be huge. Again, their chances to make the playoffs are really strong at that point. Because if we look at, if we look at the, the Brown schedule the rest of the season after Watson would come back based upon this. So if we go ahead and go down again. Incredible to me that they're going to be playing this week 13 game with Houston, Texas. The next game will be at the Cincinnati Bengals. They'll probably be with Watson close to a pick em, I think. Maybe Bengals by less, definitely less than three points, maybe a point or two. Uh, they'll be playing at home against the Baltimore Ravens. They'll probably be favored, maybe favored in that game. A home against the Saints, definitely favored. At the Commanders, definitely favored. At Pittsburgh Steelers, they'll still be favored. So they're going to look at the rest of the schedule where they're going to be assumed that the last six games of the season, I think four and two is a realistic ex- um, expectation for them. We combine four and two with the expectation of about five and a half wins. We're talking about nine and a half wins. So nine, 10 wins is the expectation there. 10 wins close enough to probably get them into the playoffs. If they get one more win than 11 wins, it's almost a certainty that they'll make the playoffs. So this is a very, very realistic chance we're going to have Deshaun Watson playing in the playoffs this year. Now, the other thing we could look at and say, well, what if they decided instead of Jacoby Brissett, what is the chance that they'll look at someone like Jimmy Garoppolo this season? They do have a lot of cap space, but again, I showed you before how high those cap numbers jump in future years. So having that rollover cap is going to be important for, for the Browns. It's going to be important for them. They're, they're going to want to have that rollover money. They're not going to necessarily want to completely max out everything they're doing this season. So bringing in Garoppolo at a number, anything higher than, you know, five, 10 million to play these 11 games seems unrealistic to me. And giving up any sort of major draft capital, again, would also be something I would consider very unrealistic to me. But what would Garoppolo's impact be? Let's say Garoppolo was playing instead of Jacoby Brissett. I think you could estimate anywhere from a 5 to 10% win probability bump in every single game. So if you put that out over the course of the 11 games, we're talking about anywhere from, let's say, 0.6 wins to 1.1 wins. So that would bring it up to an expected win total of anywhere between six and six and a half, seven wins through those 11 games. That really could make a huge difference in the chances of making the playoffs this year. If we're talking about the difference between you know, 10 and 11 games, which is right around their best outcome, if you're assuming that the set plays as you expect and Watson plays as you expect, that could be the defining thing for making the playoffs this year. So if they can get Watson on that contract, I still think, I mean, not Watson, if they can get Garoppolo on a deal, that's fairly low cost because, again, they do not want to spend the money with the huge cap hits they have coming up in future years. They want to roll over that money. If they can do it, they may it may be worth it this year, especially with Brissett functioning better as a backup, better as a short yardage quarterback to bring in. He's excellent at converting those. I think he's 20 of 21 on converting a third 
or fourth down and one. Having him play more of that specialized role could be a good option for them. But we're running out of time here in camp. So I don't know. I would put it at a low probability event, maybe a 20% or less probability event that they look for someone like Garoppolo. But it could be the defining win. That extra win, win and a half he gets you during those 11 games could be the defining win for getting them to the playoffs this year. And like I mentioned earlier, this is really a year where the Browns are built to win the playoffs this year. Um, all right, so that's that's basically what I have here for the Watson wrap-up, going through everything from the Browns' implications to the contracts, the cap for them. Um, anyone who enjoyed what you're hearing here, please you know rate, review the pod, subscribe to the pod, try to pick it up when it's on YouTube in the future. I'll be discussing this and more in future podcast episodes as we get the exact details when everything's going to happen. And hopefully this was edifying for you to figure out exactly what the situation is, contract-wise, play-wise, and what to expect. But the realistic chance is that the Browns will make the playoffs this year. And then we'll have Deshaun Watson playing on a pretty stacked roster through the playoff. Not what the NFL wants to see, not what... Most people are going to be disappointed by, by this ruling, and including myself, want, want to see. But it's something we're going to have to prepare ourselves for uh, the rest of the season. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. And I'll be coming at everyone again tomorrow with a special episode with Rob Pozzola, professional sports better Rob Pozzola, where we're going to go over his thoughts about the 2022 season. Thanks, everybody. And I'll be talking to you.